When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 at the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Monday's Big Blue Kickoff Live. Live from Schmelk's Hotel Room here in Tempe, <laughs> Arizona. John Schmelk, Howard Cross with you. Sorry we do not have any video for you today, but quite frankly, I don't think you'd want to have video. Nah, we nah, right we, now, we, anyway. we like in t-shirts, and we're barely making it here. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, long night, but a fun night. The New York Giants, Howard, at halftime. I think we all thought this might have been a rough show on Monday to do, but as yeah. it turns out, it's going to be a fun show to do on a Monday. <laughs> the same way yesterday's uh, post-game show was fun to do after the game. Uh, a historic comeback for the Giants. They were down 28-7 to in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. They come back from 21 points down. The Giants' largest comeback since 1949 when they did it against the Chicago Cardinals. <laughs> so a really big comeback win for the Giants. I went through the tape this morning uh, as quickly as I could. Uh, Howard, first, give me your take on... Um, what changed? Like, what happened at halftime, and what did they start doing differently that, that made a difference here? I know, I know it's, like, confusing everybody, but basically the Giants had put together an offensive line because, you know, uh, Big Thomas was out. They, they needed him in the game. They did change and, and brought a new guard in. And all of a sudden, uh, the first series goes down, and I was listening to the, you know, part of the broadcast and listening to the guys. They're like, oh, here we go again, kind of conversation. And I said to the producer, no, they didn't touch Daniel Jones. He's like, what? I'm like, they didn't lay a glove on him. So it, that goes down. Basically, it's a three and out. They go to another series. Uh, it's kind of the same thing. They're, they're not really touching him. So the, the Giants kind of set up their offense to be this quick strike offense. Like, you know, we're going we're gonna to catch you with slants, like quick cross, uh, shallow crosses, uh, guys out in the flat. We're, we're going to throw a lot of these plays. But they brought in all these guys with this superior speed. Hyatt's a draft pick. He runs so fast. Uh, Slayton get down the field. Even Paris Campbell can run fast, like like is a really fast runner. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, when are they going to throw the deep ball? Because the only sack Daniel took was because all those short intermediate pass patterns were all covered. And then in the say in the second and in the second half, they throw the the first catch should have been Slayton's catch. If he jumps and high points the ball, that's a that's a 50 yard catch or a 40 yard catch. He just kind of like 
waited for it to fall in his arms. You mean the one down the left sideline? Yeah, and he, he waited for it to fall in his arms. The pass was also a little behind him. It no, could have been no, out no, front no, of him a little no, bit. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. it, it, if the ball's thrown, Daniel's throwing the ball now because he's back there almost as though, holy smoke, someone's touching me. He's just got to let it go earlier to get it down on the guys faster. Well, that's, that might be true too. Right? Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. going to be that's going to be what he's going to look at uh, over you know for the for the rest of these next three days to see what he's going to do. He's going to be looking to see how soon he can release the ball if there's no contact. He just wasn't getting contacted, and when they did break through, he only had to run a few steps, or he's you know had a great scramble. So what changed in the second half? I think Dayball and and everybody was like, if we got time, let's let's throw it down the field. And when you throw the ball down the field, the defense has to back up. There's no more eight, nine guys in the box. There's no more uh, There's no more run blitzing, so to speak. They're like, oh, we got to get guys to cover these guys to make sure that they don't get free. Yeah, look, Howard, it's funny. You didn't listen to the postgame show. You were on the bus back here. I basically said the same thing. You know, I feel like they went into this game so worried about the offensive line that they said, all right, we're going to get the ball out quick and et cetera, et cetera. And then they got to halftime, and they're like, well, you know what? We're down 20 nothing here. <laughs> you know, we're, we're either going to get the ball down the field or we're going to lose. So we are going to have to trust these guys. And I think we did see it a little bit in the first half, too, as they redeveloped that mm-hmm. game plan. But once they decided that, look, Daniel, hold the ball a little bit more. You know, try to get the ball down the field a little bit more. Some th- of that stuff think, opened up. I think someone was, like, going through the stats and said, like, hey, he hasn't been hit. Yeah. He, he, his jersey's clean. Let's – Let's start throwing it. And I'm happy you brought it up, Howard, by the way, because, you know, rightfully so, the offensive line took a lot of heat last week yeah. because of the game against Dallas. Let's throw them some bouquets because they did a nice job. Obviously, the Cardinals' pass rush is not as good as the Cowboys' pass rush. That's fine. <laughs> there, there, but there, There's not very many teams that are good pass rush like the Cowboys. Absolutely. Okay. But but they, all you can do is block the guys that are in front of you. And yep. I thought the offensive line did a really nice job of that. And to your point, without that protection, Daniel would not have had a chance to make some of those plays down the field. Yeah, I mean, they did a great job. They did. They start when all of a sudden you're throwing the ball down the field, the running game starts to look better. Everything started to look better yep. all at once. And I, and I, you know, kudos to, to Azudu coming in and playing left tackle when he's been playing guard the entire time. Yeah, he did a nice uh, job. He, he, he played well in the, I guess, in the beating they took against Dallas uh, when they put him in the game, I'm like, oh wow, he can play left tackle. Look, I, like that was like a shock to me because he's always he's only played guard. Well, he played about 500 snaps of left tackle at UNC in college, well, but he hasn't done it in the pros. Yeah, so it was like he hadn't done it in the pros. So all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, this kid could uh, actually be a tackle if we needed one. Uh, shout out to Evan Neal because he had a decent game and he wasn't giving up. Uh, as much pressure as as you would think you would be. Like I said, man, this could be a tough game. They gave up five. The commanders got five sacks against. This is going to be really bad. And, and by the way, sudden, shout out to Golinski too. This yeah. is a guy that had a rough week one. He had to come in, step in for Ben Bredesen, who suffered the concussion, and he did a nice job after he, he got did, in the game. He, he did a nice job in the first play. He, he threw a no hitter. Now let's not let's. <laughs> so he he kind of I guess it's just like you know shock of being in the game all of a sudden, but it it. it For the most part, the offensive line did an exceptional job. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I'll say this, too. And I know one of the players said this in our postgame interviews, Howard. And I know this is not like the dramatic thing that that fans want to hear about what kind of switched at halftime. But one of the players said, we just did some of the little things better. And when I look back at the tape, I I really think that was it. Uh, I'll get to the defense in a second. But first, offensively, you know, we mentioned getting down the field. They did have a couple opportunities in the first half to get deep. You mentioned the pass to Slayton mm-hmm. that you know didn't lead him quite enough, and Slayton didn't go up and try to get the ball mm-hmm. well enough. Uh, there was another play where against cover three, uh, they ran a deep post, and then they ran 
a deep run on the outside next yep. to it, trying to stretch those three deep safeties. And I'll tell you what, it was wide open, and Daniel ended up scrambling on the play. He kind of felt a little bit of pressure, mm-hmm. and the pressure, I think he could have hung in the packet and, and made the throw deep down the field, yep. but he scrambled a little bit, so he yeah. didn't have a chance to make that deep throw. Well, you know, a little gun shafted, Dallas. No, 100%. <laughs> to- totally understandable. Yep. So I think there were just some small things over the mm-hmm. course of that first half that – didn't allow the offense to get done what they needed to get done. They didn't run the ball very well either, mm-hmm. so they were in disadvantageous situations. And then defensively, I thought the biggest difference, and you know, for the defense, I'll be honest with you, Howard, the switch didn't really flip for the defense until the fourth quarter <laughs> because, the, because the Giants scored that touchdown to start the third. It was exciting. And guess what? Defense gave up a touchdown right on that next drive. And then on the next drive, they gave up three plays of 15 or more yards. Finally, they they made a couple stops there at the very start of the fourth quarter. But I thought they, st- they stopped to run better. You know, James Conner killed them in the first half. And in the fourth quarter, they finally started stopping the run. Then you put Josh Dobbs in the third and long. Mm-hmm. That's not where he's going to have a lot of no, success. No, that's not. That's not. I, I thought the defense, I think what really hurt them in the first was the missed tackles. I think they missed so many tackles. And those are some of the little game. things I'm talking about, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, and, and I'm not going to call any players out, but one player in particular, he may have been the most glaring you know, example of missing tackles over and over and over again, diving at, at the legs of, of Connor. And Connor's just like, okay, well, if you're not really going to hit me, I don't have to go down kind of moment. And it, 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 it became this thing where – I got I got worried. I'm like, are they going to put somebody else in? They're going to take this kid out. Like, what are they going to do? And it, uh, I'm going to take a guess. I'll say the name. Are you re- referencing Micah McFadden? Why would you do that? Because you can't just say talk about a random player. And it's all right if a guy missed tackles, he missed tackles. <laughs> he it's okay. It. The, the fans kid, saw it. I feel bad. The for The fans him, saw it. That kid, that kid had a rough, rough go, and the only tackles he made were assists. It looked like at, at one point in the game. So I was I was you know pulling for him for all I could. But he was having a hard go of it. Uh, they were running stunts, and he would be the guy that was supposed to be filling the filling the hole, and he'd be in the hole and just dive at the at the back, and the back would just run by him. So that 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 caused a lot of that that gave you know them a lot of energy and a, and a lot of chances. Uh, another thing is like if I'm if I'm Arizona and I'm looking at the Giants and just watch their tape, I'm like, get on them early. It's on Twitter. It's on everywhere. Get on them early. They might quit. And that's what they tried to do. They tried to, you know, put the pedal to the metal as early as possible. Uh, the Giants may not have enough answers for it, and we'll see what happens. And eventually, I'm like, well, they're not really getting there. I said, so this could be a shootout, or this could be, you know, this could, this could be something bad if they if they don't get there. The, and what 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 messed the Giants' defense up also was Dobbs' legs. Like early in the game, he had two really good runs. Out of you know, it, it wasn't design runs. It was like he. The the protection the protection broke down. The first one was designed, wasn't it? Wasn't that a read option? The first um, one where he kept it and ran outside. The one on the touchdown to McKinney was a scramble. Was I, th- scramble, I yeah. think the first one was designed, but anyway, yeah, but not important. One, but once he but once he starts to run, now the rush lanes are like, it's you gotta stay in your lane. There's no more ripping and dipping and getting outside because if you leave a gap, this kid could run for 15 to 20 yards. So you saw a lot of two gaps on on pass rushes at, uh, during the game, and I thought that was. 
a big thing that was going on. And I saw a little Deontay Banks on Zach Ertz yeah. in the second half, too. He gave up one catch to Ertz on one of those plays where mm-hmm. Ertz uses veteran savvy, kind of contacted yep. and created some space. But then later in the game, they were putting him on Ertz, and it was more difficult for Ertz to create separation yeah, but, in the secondary. Well, safeties and safeties and linebackers can't cover Ertz. That's right. just that's mm-hmm. just a given. He's, he's, he's better than that, so you have to put somebody on him with, with some cover skills. But the fact they trusted a rookie to do that, nice job. Uh, he's, he's not a small guy. No, he's, yeah, he, he's, he, he's a physical guy. Guy too. He's a physical big mm-hmm. kid that can you know just go. To, the, most of these tight ends that are, are great route runners, uh, they're you know they're like Waller's a big guy, but he's not this big massive physical guy. Right. And and if you put a guy on him that can run with him, then he you got to make the perfect throw. And that's that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to put guys like Banks on on tight ends who you know take them out of the rhythm, take them out of the flow. They worked out in the game. Join us on Thursday, September 21st at BK Backyard in Brooklyn to watch the Giants take on San Francisco for Thursday night football. Enjoy Modelo drink specials, meet a Giants legend, and enter a raffle to win game tickets and more. Visit Giants.com slash Bar Network to learn more. All right, Howard, last thing I'll say before we get to the calls here. Okay. Feel great about the win. Mm-hmm. Thrilled with it. Mm-hmm. But if they come out and play a half of football on Thursday night like they did on Sunday – they ain't beating the San Francisco 49ers. They, they, <laughs> no, they need to come out in this game on Thursday. You can't have a half of football like that. So we can praise them all for the second half. And, and by the way, we didn't even bring this up. Daniel Jones was wonderful. Like, you, you, you go through his numbers. I was talking to Michael Eyes, who does a great job tracking all the Giants stats and notes yeah, yeah. and stuff. That's going to be on Giants.com today if it isn't already. Mm-hmm. He literally might have had the best second half of football in NFL history for a quarterback. <laughs> in terms of, I think he's the only quarterback ever to have that number of passing yards, that number of rushing yards, and a touchdown rushing and passing mm-hmm. all in the same half of football. Yeah. That's how good he was. And this, and I wrote this for Cover 4 on Giants.com today, I think what that offense looked like in the second half, and you made this point to start the show, this is what Joe Shane envisioned when he made his offseason moves. Mm-hmm. Drafting Hyatt, bringing in Paris Campbell, re-signing Daniel, and by the way, re-signing Saquon. He had some big plays in that second half, breaking tackles, getting extra yards mm-hmm. after contact, making guys miss. The offensive line protecting long enough, yep. drafting John Michael Schmitz mm-hmm. to throw the ball down the field. This is what the vision was. Yeah. Now, we have to see it for more than half. We have to see it against the team that's not the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. But this is what I think they thought it would look like when they made all the moves they did in the offseason. It looks like they're getting their money's worth in, in the one, for one half of play. But, you know, it's going to take more than that uh, when you get ready to play some of the teams. I just think that, uh, and I've been, been saying this the whole time, it's going to be a rough stretch the first four or five games. It's going to be a rough stretch. Uh, you, you're, you're playing three primetime games. After the third primetime game, you, you, you get you get a team like San Francisco. It, it's just a rough stretch the first four games. So if they can find a way to, to you know hang in there with San Francisco, uh, maybe even win, but stay healthy enough to play Seattle the following week, that's going to be a big tell. Yeah, but San Francisco them. beats you up now. They're no, a physical yeah, team. That's why I just said stay, I <laughs> stay healthy because it's going to be it's going to be blood and guts out there for the whole game. Absolutely, and we'll be tracking uh, out here from Tempe the Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley injuries. Saquon, of course, did sprain his ankle, according to reports, at the end of that game. Uh, Paul Dottino was in the locker room after the game. He did not have a boot on or anything like that. He was it's on his own. probably a low, low ankle sprain because usually when you have a high ankle sprain, they'll put the boot on, they you, put right? the boot on you right away, and they don't let you walk anywhere. Yeah, Jordan yeah. Schultz, who's a good NFL insider, he reported that they'll be doing an MRI today to see the extent of the injury. Yeah. So we'll track that over the course of the week. 
short week. That might be a tough go on Thursday, no, but he's we'll not, track he's, it. He's not going to play. We'll the, see. If, if you play him this week, you might lose him for two or three weeks after that. Right. And then Andrew Thomas with the hamstring. He yeah. did more at the end of last week. We'll see if he's ready to go. Obviously, yeah. you'd uh, want him on the field considering Mr. Nick Bosa will be awaiting well, I tell you the job. So. You do want him on the field, but Azudo played yep. very, very well. He did. He did a really nice job, and Marcus Keith too at right guard did a nice job yeah. in that game, too. So just things to keep an eye on. Guys, go subscribe to the John Siddle Podcast. Uh, we have a rapid reaction up from yesterday with Sean O'Hara and Madeline Burke. Check it out. It's on your favorite podcast platform, Giants.com slash podcast or the mobile app. Our Giants Hangout for Monday will be going up very soon. Howard recorded that this morning. Yep, yep. Bright and early here in Tempe <laughs> with, with Lance and Russ back east along with uh, Chris Bizignano from Giants Insider. So make sure you go check that out. I don't think it's up yet. Pearson's probably cut it now so that should be up uh, in a little bit on your podcast platforms and again just go search for it and if you're an apple podcast leave that five-star positive review it really helps us out and howard any other takes from that game what do you um, think I, I think probably besides besides the way daniel played and, and kind of being like overwhelmingly uh, uh <laughs> you hear all these things like oh they shouldn't give him the money they shouldn't do this he's that good i'm like he he hang he hung in there in the dallas game took a beating in the Dallas game comes in this game not taking a beating but following the game plan they ask him to to do and then someone sits to him and says hey look let's start going down the field he goes okay I'll do it and he does it he's following instructions the ideal is is that if he has that kind of success in a few more games will he be creative and start looking for those plays down the field now throwing the ball down the field has two things it's a big play but it's also a lot of risk uh, but with these guys right now, Hyatt is, you know, dropped the ball the first game. Everybody's like, oh, man, this game, he's going down the field. He had two really huge plays that made a big difference in the game. Slayton catching the ball on the outside. He starts to, quote, unquote, get better and get more competitive because he's watching Hyatt go down the field. Paris Campbell starts to look good. Hadn't even mentioned Waller. Waller had a tremendous game catching the ball that in the game as well. So those guys are doing really, really well. I got to wonder on defense, is Simmons going to get more burn? Is he going to get maybe, you know, play that inside backer position a little bit more? Maybe he's taking McFadden, taking some reps from McFadden. Or maybe even just just send them on the edge a lot more. The Giants got to somehow, some way, create a pass rush. They're going to have to get to the very the very young uh, Brock Purdy out there in uh, San Francisco. Don't know how they're going to do it, but they're going to have to find a way to get to him. That offensive line of San Francisco's is big. They're fast. They're strong. And I'm looking forward to you know some defense turning it up a little bit against them. Let's let's look at the things that I think that they they're going to need to do to quote unquote try and beat San Francisco. The first thing they have to do is they got to figure out a way to run the ball. And I know that's going to be tough. Everybody's saying, well, Saquon's not going to be in the game. But you have uh, some talented backs behind Saquon as well. And we have, have the young the young rookie that's going to, that's going to be in the game. Uh, and you're going to have Breeder as well. If they can find a way to run the ball uh, and you know, put some pressure on Bosa by running the ball, the problem is, is that San Francisco has great linebackers and a great interior line. So that's going to be the big test for John Michael Schmitz and the, and the guards that are playing the game. They're going to have to find a way to slow those guys down. I'm not sure that playing the power game and pulling guys is going to be the way to do that. They're going to have to maybe do a lot more base runs, going right directly at them, and, and have their plays be kind of like figured out or, 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 or geared to go off of those or, those plays. Uh, what I mean by that is like you run play action off base runs, 
uh, where Daniel drops back, looks like he's handing the ball off, and all of a sudden he's hitting the tight end in the flat or throwing the ball deep down the field. How are San Francisco's corners? Will they be able to cover? No one really knows because San Francisco gets so much pressure on quarterbacks up front. Yeah, they really do, and they managed to beat the Rams this week uh, by a score. So, you know, it's one of those deals where – they're 2-0, and and they're one of the better teams in the conference, and it's that pass rush that you really got to worry about. They, they're good defensively and then offensively. You know Kyle Shanahan can really scheme things up. They know how to get things going for McCaffrey and Debo, and, you know, that's – that's going to be a tough go here for the Giants' offense. And we thought, and you the know, defense, we, and we thought before the season started that that San Francisco, it would be San Francisco and the Eagles competing for for the NFC. Right now, it looks like it might be San Francisco and Dallas competing for for the NFC. Uh, the Eagles have they're two and zero also, but everybody seems to think like they're having a bad season because they're not as explosive as they were the year before. Uh, I think the whole NFC outside of Dallas is going to going to you know take a step you know, a little bit back because we're not playing the AFC South this year. We're playing the, the AFC East and AFC East starting to look like they have some really good teams out there. That That's going to be pretty important. Uh, the other thing for San Francisco, uh, you know, forget about their defense, their offense. How, how are the Giants going to be able to, you know, figure out McCaffrey? You can't miss tackles on McCaffrey because he'll take it to the house. He'll just flat out just – he'll just take it to the house. you got to be able to stop Debo. He's going to be, you know, out of the backfield, running wide receiver, catching the ball uh, from every angle you can think about, taking handoffs. Uh, and then you get the, the, the uh, tight end, Kettles. Uh, if if they thought that the tight end this week was, was a pain, the tight end, the tight end Kittles is not only going to catch the ball, but he's going to try to punish you at the end of the catch by running over you. So it's going to be some interesting, interesting games plans from this defense i'm wondering what wink's gonna gonna do who he's gonna play uh what what these guys are gonna do you know to try to slow this group down yeah absolutely and i just want to give you another chance to kind of throw plaudits to daniel here for the game that he had especially after that first half when you went back to and look uh, he he missed he missed some throws and there were some throws that you know i don't think he but he would like to have back but then you get to the second half and boy he was on his game and, and he played a hell of a football game i think you know when you when you look look back at daniel's game and i know everybody's talking about the throws he missed I, I i think he had a little like dallas cowboy hangover he was ex- sure. he was expecting there to be some you know some hits he was expecting there to be like you go out there your left tackles on the sidelines uh, you're all pro left tackle standing on the sidelines. You go into a game with a team that just got five sacks. You're like, okay, let me get myself ready. And he, you know, may have been, like I said, early on, may have been a little gun shy, trying to get the ball out a lot earlier than he thought. Uh, I thought a couple times he scrambled a little early because he thought he was, he thought he was going to pressure for some guys and he didn't quite get the pressure he, he thought. But at the end of the day, when you you know when you scramble, even though he's looking downfield, he was running himself out of the running himself out of the play. Uh, towards the second half, he calmed himself down. He started to move the ball down the field. They were telling him to get it down the field. The down the field throws were were amazing, but I thought the the tight throws that he had in the end zone, uh, those patterns that were right across the middle, were even better. I, I thought that he put the ball in tight, tight windows to his receivers. They, they you know, rewarded him by catching the ball. Uh, I think Hodgins, whether people know this or not, I think the kid's a star. He's a dependable receiver. Catches the ball great. Does a lot of good stuff in the game for Daniel. Uh, Daniel looks for him a lot. I think Paris Campbell is, is coming on as a receiver. Uh, you know, Slayton, of course, is one of Daniel's favorites. They kind of almost came in together. Slayton. 
has been, I think, is going to get better and better because I think the competition between him and Hyde to catch the deep ball and to have the yards per per catch, that they they're, they're going to feed off each other kind of. And I don't want to give him compare him to like Waddle and 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 Hill, but I think that's the kind of going to be the kind of competition those two guys might have because they're going to really try to like light teams up if if the offensive line can hold up and give give Daniel time. Yeah, and look, that's why they brought Hyde in, right, to, mm-hmm. to stretch the field. And I think you saw the dividends there. And, you know, we'll see if they can use that type of strategy against San Francisco with that pass rush. And I think that's going to be the trick, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, holding the ball a long time against San Francisco could could spell doom for <laughs> any quarterback. So it's going to – like I said, if you're going to throw those passes, you got to trust your guy's going to beat them. You're going to have to throw it to a spot on the field and say, all right, let's go get it and, and just let him – get that giddy up and see what happens. Because, again, both guys and both times he threw the ball, they had to go up to get it because it was like coming down at, at a certain point. If he lets that ball go earlier, they're going to run under it and take it and take it to the house. That's what that's what I, you know, thinking when it comes to a timing uh, stance, if that's what they're going to be able to do. Not not where you where – you, basically you're trying to hit the guy in stride, and that's that's going to be the amazing part of it. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. 201-939-4513. All right, we're going to go to Raheem in the Bronx. Raheem, you're up next, and Dom's going to try to fix our issue. Raheem, what's up? Hey guys, uh, haven't talked to you guys in a few years, but uh, today's actually my birthday, so that's why I can figure out calling. Happy uh, birthday! Uh, thank you. Now I can hear you guys a little bit. Still yes, a little bit. Hey. there we go. <laughs> <laughs> wow, anyway. that was rough, man. I was getting tired. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, well, I actually wanted to talk about. Um, so watching the game yesterday. Uh, being that today is my birthday, I was like, there's no way the Giants are going to do this to me again. You know, <laughs> after last week, <laughs> you know, I was feeling depressed the whole week. Like, the whole week moved so slow, waiting for this week, and then to lay an egg in the first half. It was actually pretty good to see that they turned it around. What it looked like, I'm not sure if you guys spoke about this already, but it looked like they, Brian Dable took over the play calling. I don't know if you guys commented it or what, but uh, the team looked different in, in the second half. Uh, that kind of looked like they were running football plays and not just trying to confuse the defense. You know? so it was it was refreshing to see. Um, Mike and McFadden, that's another thing. It, it's like he was in a position to make plays, but he couldn't make the tackle. And that's an issue going forward because even Isaiah Simmons, he's a good tackler, but he's so light. 
it's like a mixture between the two of them. One is built for the position, and one is, you know, he has all the traits, but he's not the prototypical linebacker. So um, it'll be interesting to see going forward what they do at the linebacker position. And the last thing I'll say is uh, it was refreshing to see Daniel Jones uh, show some some fire in the second half. And uh, I felt like a whole team fed off of that in the second half, see him show some passion. I'm not saying he was he's a zombie or he's dead inside, but it was good to see, and I think everyone fed off of that. So thank Sorry. you guys for taking my call. Awesome, Raheem. Happy birthday. Thanks for calling in. I can confirm, uh, John Schmelk reports, Daniel Jones not, not dead a, inside. Not a zombie. <laughs> He's, He's not, not a zombie. That is so funny. You know, it's, it's oh, it, that is very funny. It's strange Thank to you, me man. that about when I think about this, when they, when guys talk about the players or, or quarterbacks, they want to see them screaming and yelling. Yeah. If he never said a word and he throws touchdowns and and it's effective, uh, I I would take that. I I take that a lot more than seeing him, you know, jumping up and down and screaming and yelling and, and pumping his fists. I think emotion is great, but you know the expression. Like if, you, if you've been there a few times, like I like you've been there before. I'm I'm hoping that he's you know this is not like an anomaly, and that's why we're seeing the the emotion. I'm I'm hoping that you know that that he's going to do this a lot this season, uh, and it's going to be something that the, that the team is going to you know not just feed off of, but get you know, get after it. And believe me, the weight of the world was on the was on the entire team when it six quarters. No points. You, uh, you, you've given up 60 points, and all of a sudden you score a touchdown. You know, it's one. You take one breath. Then you score. They they come right back down to scoring you again. Then you score another touchdown. You take another breath. And by the time you get that third and fourth breath in, it's like wow. The defense like finally kind of, finally comes in and makes some plays. I thought it was brilliant for them when when they finally got them in those third and long situations. Not to go after him to play the sticks, which is which is a great defense. I used to see other teams play, but now the Giants are actually playing where you drop all your DBs and everybody to back to the first down marker, and then play it forward. They they can't get by you because they're not gonna have time to get by you because you're you're pass rushing them, and and if they catch the ball, they're gonna catch the ball in the shallow and try to try to run 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 through six guys. Can't happen. All right, Giant fans, we're going to go an extra 10 minutes or so here uh, because we lost about 10 minutes trying to figure the issue out. We have it figured out now, so we're going to handle the show the rest of the way, and the people on the podcast, we're going to try to edit a lot of that out so they're not, they're not going to have an idea what happened, which will be even better. Funny. So, everybody, thanks for, thanks for bearing with us. I apologize for the issue, but it looks like we did have it fixed. Dom and Pearson, good job back there trying to figure this out, guys. I appreciate <laughs> it. So get on the lines. We will take your calls the rest of the way, 201-939-4513. All right, let's go to Ben in Florham Park. He's up next. Hi, Ben. How are you? Doing great, guys. Uh, I just uh, a couple points, and then um, we'll ask the question. Uh, did not enjoy this game at all until we were in field goal range at the bit, like with two minutes to go. I just couldn't. Yeah, same here. By the way, Ben, you're on a lot. It was, it was, it was exciting. It was an exciting, exciting game. But I'm like, I, I can't because if, if we don't, if we don't make one mistake in that in the last 20 minutes, our season is in essence going to spiral out of control. Um, one thing that and, and against the lesser opponent, I mean, let, let's, let's not let's not kid ourselves. If this was a average offense, average defense, we wouldn't have been able to shut these guys out and and drive the field, drive after drive. So, but but one thing I, I'm concerned about, and then I just want to ask one clarifying question. I think there's a high level of concern now for both Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau. Thibodeau was shut out 
for the stat sheet, and you didn't even really see him pressuring the QB. And Evan Neal, like, I mean, it, it's this is year two. Last year he had injuries, and he had a learning curve, and he was moving from left to right. But, I mean, it's got to be high-level concern for both those guys. What do you think? And the last question, did, did anyone qualify or, or, or evaluate whether or not Dable took over um, play calling? No, he did no, not. I mean, I mean, he, he, oh. no, I appreciate the call. I mean, he said he said post game he didn't. He always has a play sheet down there, and he's always going back and forth. So now, is there a chance that he wasn't being truthful post game? Sure, but I mean, I don't. <laughs> I, I mean, co- coaches. I mean, that's what coaches do. But I don't. I, I don't have any information um, that makes me think that he was in fact calling plays. And I see him looking at the play sheet on the sideline like that all the time. So I don't. I don't think that he was. And I'll just ask you this: if, I'm not sure if the caller is still there. I thought Neil played okay. Was he great in that game? No. Um, I don't think he was fantastic, but I thought he was certainly a lot better than what he has been the last couple of games he started. Howard. I thought I thought he played a good, played very well. I thought they had one one major uh, penalty against him, a holding call. But even then, it was because he was driving the guy to the ground. And by the way, that holding yeah. call never would have happened mm-hmm. if Jones didn't try to run. Yeah. Because he actually did have him blocked up, and yeah. he only had to hold because Jones tried to run yeah, and, the, he, the, and, and tried he, to disengage. And, and he drove him into the ground. And when you, when you do that, nine times out of ten, they're going to call holding holding on you. I think that he did well that way. I think that, you know, for the most part, no you know, no offense, I think for the most part, uh, he, he, he moved his feet well, which I thought was interesting. And, again, I don't know if they were employing the whole idea they didn't want Daniel to run or not, but – he was moving his feet. He did a good job. I thought, like I said, him and Azudo played played excellent compared to a week ago. Uh, so it's going to see every week. It's going to be a different group of guys, and every every time, you know, guys are going to look at two tapes. Now they're going to look at the, they're they're going to look at the Arizona tape and say like, well, these guys played pretty well up front. And they're going to look at the Dallas tape and be like, these guys can't block anybody. So I think the team, the offensive line, is somewhere in between. All right, let's go to Pete in Staten Island. He's up next. And again, guys, we're going to take as many of your calls as we can. We'll probably go to around one uh, – I'm trying to figure out my time difference here – around 140 or 145. Okay. So if you guys keep calling in, we will uh, keep, we will keep taking them. All right, so let's go to Pete. You're up next, Pete. How you doing, John? Hey, Howard, how, how are you? Very good, very good. Okay, so uh, I got a couple of things uh, uh, positively and, and then negatively um, – uh, if you don't mind, uh, first things positively uh, on the offensive line play. I I uh, I thought Easy played very well. Left tackle definitely. Um, first time out of the box. I thought McKeithen, uh certainly solidified the the right guard position. And uh, you know the fact that they didn't even call his name, and I don't even think they called Easy's name. That's what you want with your offensive line, right? You don't want to hear their name. Okay, yeah. so. I, I took, uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I thought that was great. Uh, as far as uh, Evan, I thought he played much better, definitely, like Howard, to Howard's point. Um, I do think there was another penalty against him. I think it was a false start, Howard, um, at, at a very uh, important uh, uh, time in the game. Also, so that, that, that false start? May have saved us, believe it or not. Oh, yeah, the Giants had a couple oh, of false starts that about... actually might have helped them. Yeah, because it moved it moved us back so we could actually run a play. <laughs> they couldn't yeah. they couldn't think going down there it was too tight. Right, and uh, you know I thought that um, you know so the the overall overall offensive line play I thought was very good. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, um, except for when they brought in Gawinski. Uh You know, uh, he got beat the first play he was out there. He got beat. Uh, but anyway, 
Uh, for, for this coming week, I'm thinking if AT plays, uh, do you see them sliding um, sliding easy into the guard spot? And if AT does not play, I, I'm guessing, uh, I'm guessing again, Glowinski will be there at, at the left guard because Bredesen will be out with the concuss, definitely. Um, that's a good, good – PP, I think that's a good question. I would expect that – if Thomas plays, I'm assuming Bredesen is still going to be out because it's tough to come back from a concussion for a Thursday night game. That's almost impossible. Yeah. So I would expect that Zudu would probably be at left guard because that's yep. where he played primarily over the course of the summer, and Glowinski would get moved back to right guard. That would be my guess. And you, you, think they take, they you think they take Marcus out of the game? Oh, no, oh, no, I'm sorry. No, you're right. I'm sorry. I wasn't thinking. McKeithen will stay in the game. Mm-hmm. McKe- I'm sorry. You're right. I apologize, Howard. Thank you for keeping me honest. <laughs> McKeithen will stay at right guard, and Azuda will move into left guard. That's yeah. what I think will happen. That's what, that's what he was yes. asking. Yeah, yes, yeah. Okay. correct. Okay, great. Now, on my negative points, um, obviously, uh, Leo and, and Fibs were invisible. Uh, no question. Now, uh, people have been... Uh, knocking Dexter's play yesterday. And, uh, you know, I was talking with a couple of the guys uh, online, and I said, look, I mean, I don't know if you guys are really watching, but Dexter, at certain points, had two or three hats on him. No, All right? so a- and, and, by the way, he also had pressures, and he had, he had a couple quarterback hits in the game. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, and even more so with Dexter. And, from, from, and I haven't watched the film yet, John, and I'll watch it later on. But from what I saw, he had two or three hats on him a number of times during the game. And if that was what I saw, um, going back to the film work, even more so why, why Leo and or Fibs should have made more plays, in my opinion. Um, and um, as far as um, uh, uh, Coach Dayball, it didn't hurt us this time. But he's got to be real careful about that taking the timeouts, okay, where he did, you know, he, he took two timeouts in a row, and I think we got penalized five yards, I believe. It, it, yeah, but it, you don't understand why he took the second timeout real, real quickly. They were trying to uh, get guys onto the field, and, and somehow, some way, the, the first timeout, they had 11 guys, 12 guys on the field, and then when they came out of the timeout, for whatever reason, there were only 10 guys on the field. Yeah, I would say this. <laughs> yes, you don't want to make that mistake, but I think the bigger problem is that you got to make sure you got the right people on the field. Yeah, so like, he, at the end of the game, they, we've had, they, they had a couple issues with that, Howard, over, for the first two weeks, not having offense and defense now, not having the right personnel out there, mostly on defense. They need to get that squared away and, here. They and, can't and, keep making those mistakes. And what Coach said during the preseason, we were in a lot of meetings with him and talking to him. He said he, the one thing he wanted to make sure of that he had – the proper, you know, mechanics of, of, of what's going on, getting the right people on the field, yeah. not not having the wrong, you know, not having too many and and, and no false starts. He wanted the, the game to work properly. Thanks, and Appreciate now that this is going on, I got to I got to think that he there are going to be a lot of coaches who are going to be getting their you know, their ears chewed and asking like like why can't we get our guys on the field? You know, we're coming out of a timeout and 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 all of a sudden we got to call another timeout like just just not because. You know we're we're doing something wrong, but we don't have the right personnel in the field. The operations of the game has to be have it has to be cleaner, and that's what he's he you know he focused on and he talked about it a lot. And now that the, that they're firing real bullets, I hate to use that term, but now that they're having real action. He's having those issues pop up again and again. And I'm telling you, by you know by the end of the week, 
there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be going to have to hear about that over and over and over again. Not just players, but coaches as well. Yeah, look, you just can't have those type of type of very simple mistakes. You can mm-hmm. you got to clean those up and make sure those things don't kind of hamper you at the end of these games. Yeah, you don't. You as don't you operation operations is a yep. key. Yeah, you have to. All right, and by the way. I don't like using the grades, but I'll give them to you. But I'll give you the Uh-oh. more important stats. Oh, the grades. Um, yeah, I'm not a you know me. I'm not a big fan of that. I, you know, <laughs> I like using PFF numbers. I don't like using their grades. They actually gave Dexter Lawrence in terms of a pass rush an 88 grade in the game, which is excellent. It was mm-hmm. the best grade of any player in the whole game. And they gave Leo an 81. And here's why. And again, I don't care about the grades. Push those aside. Leonard Williams was on the field, and and these are just stats. This is not judgment, right? Mm-hmm. Leonard Williams was on the field for 21 pass rush snaps. Okay. Just 21, Howard. You know, that's not a lot not for a, lot. a full game. It's yeah. only 21. In those 21 pass rush snaps, he didn't have a sack. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a quarterback hit. Those are the numbers that officially go on the box score. So those okay. are zeros. But they track hurries. Okay. So he got credited for four hurries in the game, which okay. means you're impacting the quarterback. Yep. And he got credit for three what they call beat defenders. So he beat his defender on the play, but the ball got out so quick okay. that he didn't impact the passer. All right. So – that's a third of his pass rush snaps. That's pretty good. That he won. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And for Dexter, yeah. just for the record, he had two hits, four hurries, and two beaten defenders. He had 26 pass rush snaps. Okay. So, again, that for him, that's about a third too, right? So yep. about a third of both guys' pass rush snaps, they, they won. They won. That's actually pretty good. That's that's more than pretty good. That's that's great. You want that. That, that means that if they're in there like 60 plays – that means there are going to be 20 plays they are going to be hitting, knocking the quarterback down or, or, or affecting the play. So that's that's really good. And I know it's frustrating because they have a big goose egg in the sack column over the first two weeks, and that's what – and look, sacks are important too. Mm-hmm. Pressures are more predictive, and they show you maybe how well you're doing. Mm-hmm. But – Sacks impact the game. So well, you got to have those two, and, and they need to figure out a way to get home. And yeah, next week against San Fran, Purdy kid is mobile for one, and he gets the ball out pretty quick, yeah, too. So but, it's going to be know, tough. It's going to be tough. But, like, uh, you know, here, here's what, what I say, what I what I think that is the positives. The hurries are, are in the, and the hits are just as important as the sacks. They might, If they don't have any sacks, yep. but they have a ton of hurries and a ton of hits on the quarterback, that affects the game just as bad as the sacks do. The sacks – it fans' eyes, the sacks are okay. You sack the quarterback, you, they lose yardage. If you rush, if you hurry a guy, or if you're hitting a the guy, they will throw the ball to throw the ball to your team. You, you'll get more opportunities to catch uh, interceptions. And we saw some of that in the game where we dropped one down deep, and thank God he dropped it. But <laughs> he dropped one down on the five yard line because when they punted it, it went into the end zone. They brought the ball out to the twenty. So <laughs> I was like, if he'd have caught that ball, oh, right. it, it would have been on the two. <laughs> so, really so, nice job staying on top of the wide yeah, receiver absolutely. because they were playing cover three on that. Yeah, and that, look, that's your job is the corner. The you stay on top of that deep threat. Hollywood Brown is one of the fastest guys in football, and he stayed on top of that. Which ro- is that, that rookie can play, boy. <laughs> He's looking good. Two oh one and Deontay Banks had another one of those yeah. physical at the line. Mm-hmm. Dude, you just got to do it within five yards. <laughs> you can't hit the dude past five yards well, and hit know, again it, on one it, of those it, plays. It's college, college football. They 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 get that. They do that a lot. Too. You're allowed to do a lot. You're more, allowed. Right? You're allowed to have a little more contact past five yards, and they, they they try to call it almost every time here. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
All right, let's rapid fire, guys. Again, we're going to go another 15, 20 minutes here, so I want to get all the callers in that we can. Let's go to Scott in New Mexico. He's up next. Hey, Scott. Hey, guys. I'll make it quick. Uh, Paul always talks about headache players, but the real headache player for the Giants that everybody has to deal with is Daniel Jones. Uh, he threw for 327 yards, but what's even more impressive, he averaged <coughs> excuse me, 6.6 yards a carry. Yeah. Uh, that is... Uh, Really outstanding, and that's what he maybe one of the Scott game. maybe one of the most important plays of the game. It was after the Giants in the third quarter had um, scored a touchdown, but then the Cardinals came back and went up twenty-eight yep. seven. Right. right, the mm-hmm. Giants, and I'm trying to get to the play here. The Giants had a play, and it was a third and twelve. Yep. And Jones went back to throw. He scrambled to his right, and a linebacker, I think, it was. Barnes, I want to try say. to tackle him. He had him basically. It was a one-on-one. It was like the old American gladiators with the breakthrough and conquer. <laughs> right. And you're in the field, and the guy's coming that, at you, and you got to make a funny. play, right? And Jones is going right at him, and he puts a little juke move, gets outside, turns the corner on the sideline, yep. keeps his feet in bounds, and gets 13 yards, Tip one toes. yard to get the first down. Now, if he was short, the Giants probably would have went for it on fourth down at yep. that point of the game, anyway. But that I think. To your point, Scott, we didn't mention Daniels running much. That was one of the most important plays right. of the game, converting that big time third and twelve. Well, with well he also ran twenty-five yards into the end zone, which is uh, yeah, not bad. Just got back into the game, so <laughs> yeah, that that's the kind that's impressive. But I know you have other calls, so I want to get to my main point. Giants yes. have given up thirty points, excuse me, forty points and twenty-eight points. Mm-hmm. Forget sacks or anything else because they don't have any, but they've had some pressures. What does Wink Martindale do? Because if you're going to average 33 points per game uh, giving up, uh, you're not going to win a lot of football games. And I want to know from your, both of your opinions what changes have to be made because they're going to run into stiffer competition. Uh, well, and, that, and that's going to be their death knell if they can't correct the things on defense. And I'll let thank you, guys you Scott. Because I don't calls. Yeah, appreciate the call. Howard, you're the, you're the former player. <laughs> tell, me, tell me what the Giants' defense has to do. The first, the first thing I'm going to do is, is secure my, my run defense. And I'm, I'm no, I don't know that's, how they're going to do it. They're going to have to find out a way to make sure that they cannot run the ball against the Giants. And it was better in the fourth quarter, but it, over the course of the game, not good enough. It, it was it was horrendous. It was yep. I mean it just it just was. There's no way around it. There's no way to describe it. If they can't find a way to stop these guys from running the ball, they're gonna be able to do it. the play action works. The the down the field passes are gonna work. Everything works when you're able to run the ball that effectively. Now it, this is a tall order because this week they're playing a team that has one of the best backs in football, and that's you know that's no we're not you know, no sugarcoating it or anything. They have one of the best backs in football, and stopping him oh, and slowing man. him down is going to be you can't throw at him. You're going to have to gang tackle him. Everybody's yeah. going to have to get to the ball, and if they don't get to the ball. He's going to run for a thousand yards in one game. Carl Banks is, is doing Christian McCaffrey on strategy this week for for Dable, and I and I find those plays for him. So I was going through the McCaffrey tape last night for oh the first goodness. two games. Dude, the, the, just, some of the moves he puts on people, the, uh, goodness gracious. He he's a different kind of back, and I and I tell people this all the time. I'm like, when you see guys like this, you you can identify different backs. Where a lot of backs, you see they juke and they and they and they jump and they do all these things. Christian is a one foot in the ground. And I see the hole. I'm going to go through it as fast as I can before it closes. He tries to get through the hole before they, everybody starts to collapse on it. And that that is different. Because by the time he takes that yeah, second. Yeah, he doesn't dance. He's not yeah, a dancer. That second step he takes, 
he's at full speed. Yeah. And that's the when I tell you that's that's the difference in a lot of games. That's the difference. There's going to be a lot of games. And if we have a play where we like we like we played this week where we do a stunt and the linebacker doesn't fill the hole and standing there. Christian will be 10 yards down the field before anybody can take a look at yeah, it. Yeah, James Conner's powerful. Who breaks tackles? Yeah. But, but if you let Christian McCaffrey get a running start on something, that's gone. He's out. Gone. He's out. And, and, and even he's leaving. And, and, I, and, I, and I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think that, you know, they're going to be looking at it for, for all it's worth. They're going to – I mean, McFadden, great kid and everything, but they're going to be looking at him hard and trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to feel – this hole to make sure that when it right. it has to be a picket fence all the way across. They have to be in their lanes. They can't just give up. They can't get washed down, moved over. And some of the big guys like Sean Robinson and some of these other guys that they brought in to quote unquote help stop the run. They're going to have to show up. They're going to put pressure into the backfield and make Christian have to bounce the ball as wide as possible. Get him running sideline to sideline, not north and south. That's the only way to stop him. All right, guys, get on the line. We'll go another ten minutes or so here. 201-939-4513. Tony in L.A. is up next. Tony, what's up? Hey, guys. I was at the game yesterday. It was uh, great. So many Giant fans there. Really, Tony, uh, you guys uh, did a great time. job getting loud in that fourth quarter to force those false star penalties, man. Seriously, Giant fans incredible. did a great job yesterday. I mean, I, I saw Isaiah's uh, uh, Hodgkin's uh, thing saying about the fans, and Paul was a gentleman on the sidelines. The fans love him. Hey, <laughs> uh, guys, to me – the coaching, there's too many mistakes. And i got to believe, I don't care what Dable said at halftime, he had to rip these guys up. What the hell is going on? There is no aggressiveness on this team, on both sides of the ball. Maybe, I'm not a player, but there's a mindset that goes with playing. And I just don't see, like, the San Francisco will steamroll them if they don't get in the right mindset and aggressiveness. Mm. Are you, maybe you guys can comment on it. I, I just don't see it out there. I don't see, like, the defensive guys... I mean, where the hell is Thibodeau? I mean, I don't, I don't see him playing, and I'm, I'm not, and I'm not pounding him. I just don't see it. I watched the game. I was watching the line action. I, I, I don't know where this, this, this mindset, this hunger, this. You, when you play, I mean, Howard, I don't have to tell you. When you play, you got to have a certain mindset, especially when you're going up against guys. I mean, who's the leader that's firing these guys up? Yeah, I that that I can't tell. You. I don't know who who the guy is that their their bell cow, who's screaming and yelling and and their hype man. Uh, if it's anybody, I think it's Thibodeau. Oh, not Thibodeau. I think it's Dayball. Dayball. He's got the music in the locker room. Dayball. It's his play playlist when when they win and everything. Thanks, he, Tony. He's it. the guy who who gets everything going. As far as Thibodeau goes, you know, and and love Thibodeau, love the kid, love his ability and everything. But right now, he's on the back of a milk carton. The kid's missing. And everybody's talking about it. I mean, I'm a, every other caller said, "Where's Thibodeau?" You should have heard the post game show calls last night. <laughs> it was like two out of every three. Yeah, like so. So he's got to know that he's not getting it done himself. And it's not that he's not getting it done. It's just not he's not getting any sacks. And that's what everybody's they're waiting for him is to get sacks. Uh, Evan Neal uh, had a good game, and you know, the game before that, the people were calling for him. Like, what are we going to do with, at that position? So all I can say is. When it comes down to intensity and how these guys are playing and what's going on with these guys and the energy and everything, I don't know. That that I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I don't do, know how do, to do, do you that. Do you think there was a notable change in energy from the first half to the second half, or was it more a matter of execution? What's your I, opinion I, with I that? Think that? I think that success kind of like, like bad things happen. They continue to happen. They keep, it keeps rolling and rolling downhill. I think when it starts, you know, when it starts to – 
something good happens, it's like a fire. Another little spark happens here. Another little spark happens Do you here. think that first half was a little hangover from week one? I think it was. I, I definitely think it was offensively. Uh, and I think it was just, just in the way they were calling the plays. They were calling plays to be quick. Okay, we, we watched film of them getting after Washington. We watched film of them having five sacks against Washington. We thought this team was, you know, quote, unquote, tanking. Uh, you know, trying to trying to get the first round, trying to get the first pick in the draft. But all of a sudden, you watch the tape. It's like, uh oh, no, they're trying hard. They're trying really hard, and they're going after guys. Okay, we just went through a bloodbath. We don't want another one. And then you watch the first half. Again, Daniel wasn't getting hit, and I keep saying I'm gonna keep saying it over and over. The offensive line was playing well. Mm-hmm. If the offensive line is playing well and Daniel's not getting hit, then all of a sudden it went from, hey, look, uh, let's. Look, Pat, that that clear out route is not a clear out route. It's an actual route now. Look at him, hit him. Uh, the deep post. Let's try the deep post. Let's try the corner. Let's and it it all of a sudden when you start throwing the ball, things loosen up. And Howard, these were longer developing routes. Like yeah. there was, you know, Jay and Hyatt's second catch was a post corner. Yeah. Guess what? You need three to four seconds back there to give the guy time to run the post yeah. and then turn it out to a corner. Yeah. Darren Waller had a little whip route where he went to a little slant, stopped, yep. came back outside. Yep. That was a 20-yard gain in the second half. Yep. These are not three-step drop routes. No. You know what I mean? These are five steps. These are five steps. Hold the ball, and, and you have to, quote-unquote, move safety with your eyes a little bit. But what I'm seeing is if, if, he's, if he's not going to get hit, if he has the time, he can get it down the field. Yeah. He's not getting hit, and he has the time. He fits it in the tight windows. And, like, he showed a lot of emotion. But I'm saying that's not his usual personality. But I think that it, it was like the way the world coming off of his shoulders because everything started to work. Everybody else is starting to, you know, feel a little bit of the energy. And I said, for defense, the guy, the guy I'm going to say over and over that I saw with the most energy trying to get guys fired up was Ward. Ward was the guy that was like, yeah, that's what we got to do, baby. Let's go. He was the guy that was first guy on the field, you know, running backwards, calling the defense. Let's go get him, jumping up and down. So there's going to be like two or three more guys like Ward. Ward was in the game. He he was more involved in the game, so I guess that made him more active that way. But Well, he had to be because no Ojolari, obviously, yeah, in the yeah. game, right? So, so if you have that, then use that. If you have that energy, then use that energy. I was never a big – Yell and scream, rah rah guy on the field. I just want about my business. <laughs> I'm like, there's no need of me dancing and screaming if this guy's trying to kill me over here on the other side. So I'm, I need to focus on what I'm doing the entire time, and get my job done. And everybody's like, well, you played hard. Like, yeah, you, that, that, I had fun, but I wasn't going to be screaming and yelling and not paying attention to him. You could get hit by a car on the field if you're, if you're not paying attention. That's what I looked at it. So, you know, hey, you, you like playing in the street? Watch for cars. That's that's what it is. Car. All right. <laughs> No, that was my whole life growing up in Brooklyn, dude. We played everything in the street. Football, exactly. baseball, you name it. All right. We got three calls on the line. We're going to get to all three, and then we're going to say goodbye. All right. And again, right. guys, thanks for bearing with us. We apologize for some of those technical difficulties earlier on in the show. Good job again, Dom and Pearson, getting that squared away on the Very other side. Good. All right. Let's go to Anthony in Arizona. I'm assuming, Anthony, that you were at the game yesterday as well. <laughs> no, health reasons. I couldn't go, but my son and his wife, I gave my tickets away. <laughs> oh, well, great. Well, I hope you feel better. Hope you're feeling good, Anthony. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, whatever was said at halftime, uh, you know, you keep that in locker, that, that's all well and good. But they came out and they executed, which was really, really good. Uh, it was so nice to see, you know, Azuda. I think he had his best game that I ever seen him play. I mean, Azuda was just terrific. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. And, and Pinnock, I mean, come on, Pinnock was, oh, he was all over that field. And, and now, Anthony, I will and, say this about Pinnock real quick. Pinnock, great on the run blitzes. 
he was one of the guys Ertz was running away from a little bit in the first half, yeah, too. Yeah, he had a hard time covering the, the tight end. The only, the only question I have, and I'll listen to you guys offline, um, is, is in, early in the game, when we got past midfield, they drove the ball down, they punted there. When we were, I don't know if it was like the 43, the 40. We were, why? It was like fourth and one. And, and, and I, 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 it, I have no idea why he punted there. It, you know, the faith that he had in, in the team last year when they went for it, you know, turned the momentum of the left. And we needed something at that moment. And, and maybe he saw that they were shot. I don't know. Um, I, I was screaming at the TV. I was screaming, why is he punting the ball for about a 20-yard punt? And it, it was ridiculous. So I'll listen to you guys if, if you remember that play or not. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think we definitely both remember that play, right, Howard? Yeah, I, I think he punted the ball because, in, in general, I think he punted the ball because they just weren't they, – they didn't have any momentum. Uh, and I think when you don't have momentum, you have to be careful – with uh, you know making fourth down plays like they they when they were down on the end zone and they were going to go for two and everybody was all excited then you know it's like okay now you can't go for two because they, they, they had a penalty or, or a timeout or something it, it's going to be that way in games in some parts of the game you're going to want you're going to want as fans you're like you got to go for it we believe in you and then if you go for it and it doesn't work. Guess what? It's not a good play. Yeah, you don't want to give them that field <laughs> position. Because yeah. At that point, you you know you're still thinking at that point of the game that all right, They're, we're not stopping them. Well, and this is you know, and, and again, this is not to be insulting, but going into the game, you're like you know, the Cardinals' offense is not this high-powered offensive machine here. Mm-hmm. So you don't want you want to make them earn everything they get. Well, when they like I said, I, I you, you want to keep them as deep. You think your defense is going to play better? You should get better field position. But the way I was viewing it, like you, if you weren't stopping them and you didn't stop them early. You got to be careful. All right, we'll take more calls here. Let's go to Mike in New York. He's up next. Mike, what's going on? Hey, how are you doing today? We're great, Mike. What's up? Okay, okay. I'm calling mainly to talk about the play calling the last two weeks. Uh, It seems that, you know, obviously our offensive line is banged up a bit, and we're dealing with some new players on there. Neil hasn't developed quite at the pace they hoped it especially with the pass protection. I I was quite upset last week when I only saw Barkley get one carry in the second half. And I think that we have to have more running plays. I know the fans don't like it, but in reality, I think we become a better football team. And the other thing is, I don't think Jones should be forced to be a drop-back quarterback. I think he's better on the move. He's proven that for several years now. And I just wonder why we're not running our offense more towards that than just trying to drop back. And we saw the sacks with Dallas. It was better yesterday. So just wonder what your opinions are on that. I appreciate the call, Mike. And look, and I think we've seen that when Daniel has time, he's a pretty darn good back drop back passer. The yeah, problem I, is that he doesn't have time a lot of the time. Yeah. Well, you know, when they had the, when they had the first, the first game, the drop back was just, he was getting to a second step and getting hit. So I don't know what that was. Uh, as far as far as the the offensive line was going, they did better in, in the second game because they they kept people off of him. His his jersey was basically clean, uh, so he did they did a good job. As far as running the ball, uh, I think when you throw the ball deep, it develops the run because there's not nine guys in the box, eight guys in the box. They're not able to squeeze down to to make plays. All of a sudden, 
if you you're blocking five on five up front or six on or six on six up front because everybody else is like out on the edges and they're deep trying to prevent you from catching catching passes down the field. As far as the rollouts go, when you roll out, and I tell people this all the time and people don't understand it, when you roll out, you're eliminating half of the field. You're 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 taking away half of your half of the field. You're you're pushing everything to one side, and if it gets covered, your only option is to, your options are throw it away. Or run. You're literally cutting not only your your playbook but the field in half. <laughs> yeah, you're cutting the field in half, and it's either hundred percent. It, it's you either got to throw throw the ball away or you got to run. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Let's wrap it up with Len in Columbia, Maryland. Len, what's going on? Hey guys, how you doing? We're doing well, Len. I, I hope your heart survived that game yesterday. Oh, that was great to say it was an important win was an understatement. That's yeah, I sure. would say but so. Let's, let's, Let's 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 turn to Thursday night. How are we going to beat the 49ers? Um, I'm running the ball to start the game. I'd start Brightwell. Keep Breeder in the same role that he's in. I'd start Brightwell. Power runner. Run it to the right side. McKeeson and uh, Neil. You got 370 pounds of beef there. Let's let's run behind that beef. On defense, I want to see a a significant. I want to see the three man front. I don't want to see those two big guys, the two linemen and small guys playing on the outside. I want to see us go a traditional 3-4. You know, I would dress all six defensive linemen, rotate them in and out, stop the run, stop the run, tackle better. Let's get a turnover if we can. Just one. I'm not getting greedy. I just want one turnover. And I think I think we can be right there at the end. I think it'll be a close game. If we can get if we can get to the last four minutes of this game with a shot at winning, I think we can pull it out. And, hey, Len, I, I, and I think call. to your point, no, 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 hold on a second. I, I, I want to ask okay. you something real quick. Because I, I think in the second yeah. half, I think in the second half, you did see the Giants play a little bit more base defense. You saw Ajon Robinson in the game a little bit more. Yes. Nacho was in the game yes. a little more, and I think they yes. did a good job. Here's yeah. the problem. Against San Francisco, if you play base defense, they have a tight end named George Kittle. Who's yeah. pretty freaking good, and you will have one on one with linebackers the whole yeah. game, and I don't think that's going to go that well. Well, just all right. well, well, let me let me let me just add one thing. I, yes. and we do have to get more speed on the field. So I I would play Simmons a lot more. I mean, thirteen plays is not enough. We we, we got to get speed on the field, and and we got to tackle better. Um, you know, I I mean, hey, look, it's a good team we're playing. Uh, you know, it's almost like pick your poison, but I want a thousand pounds of beef in that front three on every <laughs> right, thousand pounds of beef. Pound them. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Let's go. Hey, thanks. Thanks for calling in, Len. I appreciate it. Howard, what do you want to wrap up with here before we say goodbye? I, I think that if you think about uh, the only way for the Giants to win, win against San Francisco is to make it a dirty, muddy, muddy game uh, and, and basically make it a picket fence for, for McCaffrey. He's going to go sideline to sideline. Don't leave any gaps when to run through. Uh, it's going to be hard to cover the tight end. It's going to be hard to cover Debo. But just tackle him when they catch the ball. That's, that's all you can do, tackle them and get them to the ground early. Yeah, they do those short passes, try to get some run after the catch. Well, 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 we will try to solve that, Howard. Mike Brom, that popped up at the end of the show uh, by tomorrow. We'll try to figure that one out. Uh, thanks for bearing with us again, folks. Great job on the calls. We had a lot of fun today. Tomorrow we'll be back in the studio. It'll be Lance and Madeline. So, um, and then it'll be, should be, we got to check, make sure what the itinerary is. Paul and I will try to do the show from out here on Wednesday uh, before we get on the plane and head out 
to San Francisco. Before we say goodbye, run or walk with Giants Legends. The Giants Foundation will host a 5K race and kids run presented by Quest on Sunday, October 8th at 9 a.m. at MetLife Stadium. Net proceeds will benefit the Giants Foundation. All participants will receive a commemorative t-shirt after the race. Stay for a post-race festival with appearances by Giants Legends and a live DJ. Register now at Giants.com slash 5K. And for either season ticket memberships or single game tickets, go to Giants.com slash tickets to secure either your season ticket package or to secure your seat. For Howard Cross, I'm John Schmelk. Thank you. Great job to the phone callers again today uh, from Tempe, Arizona. We're signing off on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Lance and Madeline tomorrow at 1230 from East Rutherford. We'll talk to you then. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.